And welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me, as always, is... Long, awkward pause. Ariel. You didn't even <laughs> say it right. It's just Ariel. You hurt my feelings when you don't let me say nice things about you. Listeners, this is me not caring about Aaron's feelings. Uh, you're the uncaring Karen. I'm not a Karen. <laughs> I'm the uncaring Carol. Oh, wow. All right. Well, that's something, I guess. <laughs> uh, well, Ariel, today we're going to wrap up finally Twilight Princess characters. <laughs> we'll see. You better finish this. <laughs> You say that aggressively, like I've been meaning to just drag this out forever. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, I think we're going to skip interpretations today. Yeah, because you kind of suck at it. I do. I'm terrible. <laughs> all right. Who we got first? The first character we have is Charlo. Charlo. And Charlo's a beggar who stands near the goat pens on the west road of Castletown. He accepts donations of 30 and 50 rupees for the sake of peace and high rule. I thought beggars couldn't be choosers. Uh, beggars absolutely can <laughs> be choosers. Charlo also assures Link that he will one day be surrounded with love. How nice. And if Link tries to give him less than 30 rupees... He'll call him a callous youth and tell him to work before praying for peace. Oh, wow. What a jerk. But if Link does give him a total of a thousand rupees, Charlo will reward him with a piece of heart. All right. It's worth it. <laughs> it. Yeah. A piece of heart. It's always worth it. So I have a fun little fact here. Charlo's name may come from the word charlatan, as there are those who believe he is running some sort of scam. Oh, 100%. 100%. So that's that. On to the next one. You ready for Dr. Borville? Let's go, Doc. So Dr. Borville is the sole doctor in Hyrule Castletown, where he runs the medical clinic. He's a proud and avaricious man, and he charges high fees for his services and has no interest in helping those who cannot afford them. So if you ain't got the money, you don't get cured. What? Dr. Borville boasts about people calling him, people calling his hands the golden mitts and claims to have no trouble making money. Yeah, because he literally only cares for people with money. Yeah. He changes his tune when shown his astronomical running tab at Telma's bar. He then claims not to have any money. So, yep, he does that. Does he happen to be like any relation to the charlatan? I know, I'm starting <laughs> to think so. So, Dr. Borville refuses to treat Prince Rollis, 
stating it is beyond his expertise to do so. I remember this. Though he is the first to bring Ilya to Telma's bar and somehow obtains the wooden statue with the intention of selling it. I remember all this now. I hated this guy so much. He was such a jerk. Luis steals it from him when he leaves it out to dry after spilling medicine on it. And when Link visits the medical clinic after these events, Dr. Borville anxiously asks him in a low voice whether Ilya has said anything about him. He then denies having ever seen the wooden statue. I never saw it. When threatened with the invoice, he admits the wooden statue was stolen from him. If Link shows Dr. Borville the retrieved wooden statue, he will be startled and claim not to know what it is. He immediately contradicts himself by telling Link to return the wooden statue to Ilya. I don't, I've never seen it before, but hey, return that to her. I've never seen this thing in my life, but that's hers. <laughs> <laughs> if Link brings news of Ilya's recovery later on. He's startled by that too, but then claims to have predicted it from the beginning, because I'm super smart because I'm a doctor. Unlike the other residents of Hyrule Castletown, Dr. Borville does not react to Wolf Link. This may be due to his poor eyesight. So, here's like, here's a fun little fact, okay? The running tab is at 76,480,000 rupees according to Dr. Borville's trading card. And the number on the invoice texture reads 75,000 or 75,480,000 rupees. <laughs> Somebody's got the math wrong. We are only off by a million. Oh, just a mil. Yeah, no big deal, right? I want to know why would he allowed to run up such a tap? I don't. Okay, so I don't know how he could run up like seventy-six million at a bar. <laughs> Drinks are on him. <laughs> how is he still alive? Moo moo milks on me, guys. Uh, I feel like somebody would die after drinking that much dairy. I don't want to know. <laughs> All right. On to the next one. We got Chudley. Oh, Chudley. The Chuds. <laughs> Never say that again. The Chuds is a man <laughs> who runs Chudley's Fine Goods and Fancy Trinkets Emporium, an extravagant shop in Castletown, which charges a large amount of rupees for common items. He's very snobbish and will not let anyone into his store unless they shine their shoes. If enough rupees are donated at Mallow Mart in Kakariko Village, Mallow will buy the store and convert it into the Mallow Mart Castle Branch, drastically reducing the prices of his wares. 
Chudley remains in charge of the shop after this, but he drastically changes his demeanor. He now wears extravagant, colorful clothing, constantly dances, acts cheerful, and is completely devoted to satisfying his customers, probably because that's the way he was programmed. <laughs> so I got some fun little facts here. Chudley is one of the first is one of the few characters in the series who ever speaks in actual words. After buying the magic armor, he says, thank you. According to the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Prima Official Game Guide by Prima Games, Chudley is about 30 years old. That is one I did not know. And another fun little fact here. This character was also referred to as Malver in the Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Prima Official's Game Guide by Prima Games. However, because Chudley's name was officially stated in Art and Artifacts, any other term is not considered canon. <laughs> so he was Malver. I kind of like Malver. Mm. Then the Chuds. Malver sounds a little bit fancier than Chuds. Chuds. All right, on to Hannah. Montana. No. <laughs> Hannah, alongside it, Keely and Misha, stand outside of the Star Game tent in Castletown. Although initially enamored with Perlo, if Link beats the Star Game, the girls would transfer their affections to him, becoming his fans and following him around wherever he gets close. The three of them will watch Link's performance during Star Games, and if spoken to, will debate which of them is the, his biggest fan. If he comes up and surprises them in the street, the trio will cheer, create three hearts, then run away into the throng of Castletown. I'm not ashamed to admit, I tried to surprise them as much as I could. Oh boy. <laughs> you liked your little fangirl club? I had a fangirl club. <laughs> So here's some fun little facts. Hannah's outfit, along with those of Keely and Misha, are likely a reference to the three golden goddesses. Hannah is reminiscent of Furbor. And Hannah's name means grace and favor in Hebrew. Did not know that. So that's that. So let's go to Giovanni. Like the Pokemon? Yeah, exactly. I guess he's not a Pokemon. He's a he's a gym leader. But, you know, whatever. And leader of Team Rocket. But whatever. Giovanni. So Giovanni sold his soul to the Imp Post for untold riches. However, they also changed him into a golden statue with gems for eyes and his cat, Gangle, fused to his head. He now values his humanity over his wealth and asks Link to retrieve his shattered soul. When Wolf Link visits him for the first time, he learns how to defeat the Impos. Giovanni then tells him that if he gets 20 Impos souls or more, he will get a reward. When Link gets 20 Impos souls, Giovanni gives him a bottle filled with great fairy seers. Giovanni and Gangle also recover their mobility. However, Giovanni stays golden. In Twilight Princess HD, Giovanni also gives Link the Ghost Lantern. 
When Link gets 60 post souls, Giovanni's curse is lifted and Gangle gives Link 200 rupees each time he visits him. Afterwards, Giovanni can be found in Telma's bar crying because his girlfriend had found another man. One that wasn't a statue. His girlfriend is seemingly now involved with the cast guard she was questioning earlier and believes Giovanni was inside the bar the whole time he was missing. What? I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, he was probably in the bar the whole time. You went there, though. You looked there. So, one little fun fact here. Giovanni is around 40 years old, according to the Prima official game guide. So there's our golden boy. So let's talk about Keely. So she's, you know, with Hannah and Misha in the little fangirl club. <laughs> and go from their infatuation with Perlo to Link. Again with the whole three hearts and running away. It's the same thing. <laughs> so Keely's outfit is another likely reference to the golden goddesses and Keely is reminiscent of Nehru. Oh, I could see it. And the beginning of Keely's name, Ki, means joy and rejoice in Japanese. It is Japanese canon reading of Chinese character of Z, meaning love or like. The last section of her name, Li, means beautiful in Chinese. Oh, she's got a nice name. All right, let's go to Misha which is the same exact thing as before. Part of the little fangirl club. I can't believe Misha Collins was a part of the fangirl club. <laughs> I like Misha Collins. <laughs> He's a pretty awesome actor. But anyways, yeah, part of the fangirl club. And Misha is reminiscent of Dim. The last, you know. And Misha's name means smile in Sanskrit. You know what? That makes total sense. Smile. Smile. Say cheese. And die? No, that's a goosebump book. It was. <laughs> so next I have Madame Fanati. Her name always cracks me up. And she is a fortune teller in Castletown. She resides in Fanati's palace. She tells Link his fortune. She tells Link his fortune on either career or love for ten rupees. Choosing career makes Madame Fanati reveal how Link must advance in the story, while selecting love leads the fortune teller to show Link at the location of a piece of heart he hasn't discovered. Why? Because nobody loves Link. No. No, everybody love loves Link. Link, but Link doesn't. Link doesn't get a happy ending anywhere. Poor Link. I know. So I got some fun facts here. Whenever Madame 
Fanati tells Link his fortune. She chants some magical words, which are English sentences written backwards. I would pronounce it, but I can't, so I'm not going to. So I'm going to say it the you know normal way. Wait, loading takes a while. <laughs> and what am I talking about? So those are the sentences right, the right way. These are the greatest magical words in the history of ever. Wait, loading takes a while. What am I talking about? I like it. So the eye symbol on Madame Fanati's forehead is the crest of the Sheikah. As well as that, Madame Fanati has red eyes, a hallmark of the Sheikah in previous installments. Madame Fanati was originally able to communicate with Wolflink. It's possible to see this dialogue via a cheat code to turn into Wolflink without using Midna. I never did that. So Madame Fanati's name consists of the first two letters of the names of the three golden goddesses for war, Nehru, and Din. Her Japanese name combines Impa with Palace. Well, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to come back to her when we do our deep, deep dive of the Sheikah. Because I've got some extra, extra interesting points about her. So next up, I got Perlo. Perlo. And Perlo runs the star game in the western thoroughfare of Castletown. He is a scam artist who designed his star game to be unbeatable, which is evidenced by many things he mumbles under his breath. When the castle town is still covered by twilight, Wolflink can eavesdrop on Perlo outside of the star game tent, where his conniving character is given away by his muttering. Initially, Perlo treats Link like a victim, but when Link manages to win, Perlo takes it personally. Therefore, he creates a more difficult version of the game just for Link. When Link beats the second version of the game, Perlo gives up on conning Link and dreads his presence from then on. So, some fun facts here. If Wolf Link approaches Perlo, it's revealed that he has canine allergies. I'm allergic to dogs. <laughs> Perlo is a direct reference to Tingle. Aijianuma stated that he is what Tingle would look like if he was a realistic character. And that's why I wanted to love him so much but I couldn't get past him being a con artist. So Perlo is a play on the word purloin, which means to steal or sneak. To purloin. Uh, I'm going to use that from now on in every sentence I can. <laughs> You'll forget about it in two seconds. You're right. <laughs> so next I have is Soul. And so is a boy who makes a little cash by polishing shoes on the street of Castletown. He can be found sitting outside at Chudley's Fine Goods and Fancy Trinkets Emporium in the Central Square, where he will offer to polish Link's boots for 10 rupees. This is necessary to be allowed inside. And once the Emporium is purchased by Mallow and transformed into Malamar, Link will no longer need to polish his boots. However, Sol will remain outside the shop offering to clean Link's boots for the same price. 
So that's what I have on Soul. I did let him clean my boots every chance I could. Poor guy. So next I have Telma. And Telma is the owner of the bar. She also owns a pet cat named Luis. And she's known to be a kind and brave woman who looks after Ilio when she takes the injured Rawless to her bar. She tries her hardest to help Ilya and the wounded Rawless, sending for Dr. Borville in hopes of calming her down. After Link returns to the bar as a human and finds Ilya, Ilya, he arrives just in time to see the doctor refuse to treat Rawless, saying that Zoras are beyond his expertise due to their different anatomy. Thelma is then reminded of a shaman in Kakariko who treated both Zoras and Gorons, and after the Highland soldiers cowardly refuse to escort them to the Elden Province, Thelma notices that Link is up to the task. Thelma and Link become fast friends as they both work together to get Ilya and Rollis to Kakariko Village. She takes a special liking to Link, calling him Honey, and often winking and jokingly flirting with him. Link successfully leads Telma's wagon to Kakariko, where she properly introduces herself and compliments Link's skills, asking if he intends on putting them to use for Hyrule. Telma also mentions that she's a member of a group called the Resistance, who are trying to do what they can to restore peace to Hyrule. It's also here in Kakariko that it is implied that Telma has feelings for Renato. Even though Renato's like, nah. <laughs> so after Link withdraws the Master Sword, he returns to Telma's bar, where the members of the Resistance sit at the table and discuss the significant events transpiring around Hyrule. The Resistance, along with Telma's advice, assist Link in finding the missing shards. Later, Telma gives Link an invoice to show Dr. Borville. So, the whole 76 million. Telma seems to have a rather low opinion of the Hylian soldiers, more than once stating how ineffective and cowardly they are. She is last seen during the end credits, tending to her bar as the Hyrule soldiers cheer for the safety of the kingdom. So, I got one little fun fact here. Telma and her cat's name, Louise, strongly resembles the title of the movie Thelma and Louise, which likely is a reference Nintendo made to deem the two as inseparable. I can see that. I love Nintendo's little nods to things. Okay. The moment we have all been waiting for. My last character. What? It's Link, isn't it? Yeah. Huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's Ashay. <laughs> she is a member of the Resistance. She's a strong young woman with raven black hair and impressive knowledge of the mountains. She is the one who aids Link in investigating the evil at Snow Peak Ruins. She was raised in the mountains by her knight father, who taught her the art of war. She's seen carrying a sword and later a hero's bow and a quiver of arrows. Due to her rather masculine upbringing, 
She took on a somewhat blunt personality and a rough way of speaking. Okay, so this is me. (laughs) As she has a derogatory view of the soldiers of Hyrule, she is rude to Link at first. She's interested in finding out why evil seems to control the mountain of Snow Peak, and later tries to figure out the reason for the beast sightings around Azora's domain. When Link goes to meet her there, she gives him a shy's sketch, which depicts a yeti holding a reek fish. After fishing and catching a reek fish, Link is able to follow the scent through the snow peak. Through the blizzard encompassing snow peak. When Link enters Hyrule Castle, just as he is about to get overwhelmed by enemies, she and the rest of the resistance arrive and clear a path, allowing Link to proceed to the last few floors of Hyrule Castle and eventually reach Ganondorf. After Hyrule returns to peace, Ashai, Shad, Oru, and Oru can be seen at the Sacred Gove exploring its ruins. And that... That... is the characters of Twilight Princess. Ugh! I'm done. I'm done. No more. Never again. This is the last time I uh, let Aaron make me do all the characters. (laughs) Well, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. You're the best. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's a perfect time for us to take a mid-break. And when we come back, we'll start talking about some uh, weapons and items. In Twilight Princess. Woo! Kagome! (laughs) No, Ariel. Middle of the show. Do you know what we do here? Not talk about Inuyasha. (laughs) No, we don't talk about Inuyasha. We also don't talk about Bruno. You know what we do do? <laughs> you know what we do do? Uh, we thank our patrons. That's right. <laughs> so we have to start thanking our awesome patrons, like our Golden Goddess level patrons, the Nerdy Biker, Jeremy Kelly, Kex, Mabel Flapjacks. And of course, we have to thank our Hyrule Royalty patrons, such as Bloodvale. James Becker, Nightfall, and then, of course, our Sheikah patrons. Because they protect us, right? And do all the dark, scary stuff. <laughs> like, Foil Grimere, Hero of Theories, Hero of Time, Jedi Link. You know, we actually have a lot of heroes on this list. I'm just saying. Mystery Bemo, <laughs> Naked Mango, Stormer858. Venomous Duck, We Are Legion, Wolf Warrior 1869, and of course, our Kokiri patrons, Austin J. Milner, Donnie Herman Jr., Jumanji, Megalithic, Nebula Echo, Preston Balaghead, and Remington Cloutier. And of course, let's not forget the people who give us our health, the wonderful fairy patrons. They save us from the brink of death. <laughs> Such as Alan Morgado, Christopher Green, 
Doug Leamy, and Rainbow Marvel. So, thank you, patrons. You're lovely. Hey, listen. Hey, listen. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> In all seriousness, yes, thank you, patrons. We do greatly appreciate it. We also appreciate you listeners, because without you, nobody would get to listen to my endless uh, tirades. And my dad bad puns. My dad bad. Okay. My bad, the, my bad this dad. Is, you all get to listen <laughs> to why I'm so mean to Aaron. Also, listen to me butcher not only the English language, but every other language ever written. I still... I'm not letting myself live down the fact that I called Ruvali Regali. No, it was Regalia, wasn't it? I don't even remember. I'm awful for that. <laughs> uh, you're awful for a lot of things. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but yes, thank you, listeners. Thank you, patrons. Uh, thank you, everyone, for supporting the show in the ways that you can because it helps us grow and we love you for it. Because you're awesome people. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ariel. Mm-hmm. You ready for some of these uh, emails? Because yep. Spotify's still being a jerk. <laughs> Not Spotify, sorry, Apple. Spotify's great. Apple, you're being a jerk. I don't even know who to complain about anymore. <laughs> Butchering the English language. Anyway, this one comes to us from R.I.P. Cannon. <laughs> All right. R.I.P. Cannon says... Amazing podcast! Five stars. I have been listening to this podcast for a couple of months now and simply find it amazing. Unfortunately, you cannot leave a review on Spotify, so I hope this will suffice. I hope all is well and you continue to make more episodes. P.S. You never told us of the amazing creative superior and lustrous Ariel's ailments, so I hope it isn't something that will happen again. From R.I.P. Cannon. No. I'm going to hope it doesn't happen again. I hope it doesn't happen again either. <laughs> that was scary. Yeah. I uh, mean, like, so what, last year? Mm-hmm. It was a bunch of mini strokes I was having, and it affected my left side and my speech and all that fun stuff. And then, like, I'm just constantly sick all the time because I don't have an immune system. And then it's like, oh, and then this pops up, and oh, and this pops up, and oh, and this pops And by the way, right now I'm wearing a brace on my wrist yeah we're still trying to figure out what's going on with that yeah because yay shortly after i broke the computer that happened so but the computer's fixed now (laughs) now if we could just fix ariel too (sighs) young for all this crap it's because aaron what oh i'm sorry i'm just kidding it's not your fault i'll run away okay (laughs) all right Well, Ariel, I have another review for you. Oh. This one is from Logan. It says, I think your podcast is amazing. I wish I could be a patron, but I'm not old enough. For my idea, I was thinking you could do an episode on Tears of the Kingdom monsters. If you do, I will personally change my Discord profile to a photo. (laughs) Doesn't say what photo, but a photo. (laughs) Well, go ahead. Sorry. So, your photo should 100% be Beetle. Beetle. Ariel's boy, Beetle. Or, 
a Lionel. I vote Lionel. Or a Horriblin, because that's kind of like, you know, a new monster in Tears of the Kingdom. No, not horrible. Or a talus. <sighs> okay, do, moving do on. Do the fire one because fire is my favorite. So uh, another review here. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Go back. Now, now, now I got to go back. You said the fire talus is your favorite. Well, I mean, no. Fighting them. No, but fire is my favorite element. So. Okay. All right. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> All right. So this one is. Hello, Ariel and Arian. First off, to make it easy for you to pronounce my name, is Zvux. And I appreciate that because I will butcher the English language. <laughs> Second, I wanted to send you this message saying, I love listening to your podcast. I heard good things about your podcast from Hello Hyrule. Hello Hyrule is just so awesome. We love them. Hello. <laughs> Hyrule? <laughs> Should we do a special sign-off in commemoration of Hello Hyrule today? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> and binge the entire podcast backlog within a couple of weeks. I work in a quiet office, and listening to you helps me get through my sometimes boring work day. <laughs> my personal favorite Zelda games are Tears of the Kingdom, Breath of the Wild, and then Twilight Princess. I also have two questions for you. Question one. What is your favorite architecture slash monument in the Zelda series? Mine would either have to be the Temple of Time from Twilight Princess or Zora's Domain in Breath of the Wild. Okay. That's a really good question. I mean, yeah, I'd kind of have to agree with the Zora's Domain because it's just breathtakingly beautiful. It really is. No pun intended, right? Breath of the Wild, breathtaking. I'm ignoring you. <laughs> All right. Or. Oh. Or. <laughs> Never mind. Uh oh. What were you going to say? <laughs> Goron City. <laughs> Just in its, sim its simplicity. It's rocks. I'm so done with you. <laughs> uh, well, mine is the most hated level in all of the LOZ series. So continue on with the next question. Uh, Water Temple from Ocarina of Time. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I, okay. It's beautiful. It's complex. And it has some of the deepest lore to date. And any of our temples. Water deep. It's water deep. Get out of here with your D&D reference. Anyway. <laughs> Question two. As an engineer who also has a love for architecture. Well, I butchered that. <clears throat> architecture. I was wondering if you could do an episode on important architecture and or moments in the history of Zelda. Uh, actually, we talked about that recently, didn't we? Oh my gosh, we? you did not say, um, actually. Um, actually. <laughs> we did talk about it, though, recently. I, we did, because we were talking about doing, like, geography and then, like, doing architecture. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, keep an eye out for that one. <laughs> keep an ear out? Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to make such a fantastic show. Sincerely. All right, here we go. Zvux. P.S. I did attach some photos of a Lego creation I made with the parts I have available and some photos of the character. I only made two Zelda characters so far, but I hope to make more. I made this one after listening to one of your in-depth character episodes, and I think Ariel will really like it. And uh, I'm going to post these in the Discord, too, and on the Twitter. My boy Beetle. It's Lego Beetle. <laughs> I want it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, actually, I kind of want it too. <laughs> I want it. I want it. <laughs> That's a one of a kind thing too, right there. Mm-hmm. Even the backpack looks. Uh, you know, what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it for anybody. I'm gonna. I'm gonna post this on the Twitter and the Discord so all our fans can see it because this is. This is definitely worth showing off. This is awesome. Jealous. <laughs> Way to go. Ariel's jealous now. <laughs> uh, all right. Next one is from Jesse James. The Jesse James? The Jesse James. <laughs> Says, hi. I think I got the email right. If this isn't LOZ Lorecast, then I'm sorry. If it is, then I just wanted to say I love your show. I'm not sure if you can write a review on Spotify, but I did give you five stars. I'm only 11, so I don't have the money to be a patron, but when I'm older, I will donate my review. I will donate my review stats the same. Five out of five stars. Well, thank you, Jesse. And uh, you did get the right email, so don't you worry. I appreciate reaching out and... uh, just, just having you listens enough. Don't worry about it. So, you ready for the next one, Ariel? Yep. So, uh, this one's actually in character. I like this one. We're, we're getting a little Hello Hyrule in this one. If, speaking of which, if we haven't said it before, uh, you need to go listen to Hello Hyrule because they are wonderful people, Chris and Pete, and they are fantastic, and they do a walk step-by-step travel guide through all of the LOZ games and all their lovely environments. Oh, yeah. When we guested on their show, that was a whole lot of fun. It was great. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I can't wait to have them on here. And I hope that we get to work together again like that in the future because that was a blast. If you haven't listened to the episode, you should. We did Goron City. Yes. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> here we go. <sighs> this is Dylan Gamer 902 tuning in from the Goron Mines here to review your amazing podcast. That's pretty deep down in the mines. I like it. You are the only podcast where a day at the mines feels like a lesson taught by Link. So a lot of hias and huas and gets. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you very much. Lots of love, Dylan Gamer 902 P.S. Here's a great piece of merch that looks... Oh, I said that wrong. Here's a piece of merch that looks great. There we go. P.P.S. May the goddess smile upon you. Well, thank you. 
And I love that. I love that review. It was done in character. That was great. <laughs> so uh, this, you know, the funny thing is, I actually thought about bringing this as merch item about a week and a half ago. So this is the Tears of the Kingdom custom Zelda Zonai Nightlight. Uh, this is the hand symbol that we see everywhere in the new Tears of the Kingdom game. Uh, this is where all the door seals and everything else. This is that symbol. Um, but if you're interested, the price is $29.58. And it is sold by none other than Gavani on Etsy. What do you think to that, Ariel? I don't like the 58 cents. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Ariel. It is pretty cool, though. I, it is. It's pretty cool. It is pretty legit. So we'll have a link to that in the show notes uh, as the bell. And I think we I think that's all the time we have for some reviews. That's all the time we have today, folks. That's all we got, folks. <laughs> oh, but don't worry if we haven't got to your review yet. We will. There's plenty of time and more episodes to go. So with that being said, I think it's time we jump to Would You Bring This Time, Ariel? A pillow because I'm going to go sleep. You go sleepy sleep? I'm going to sleep. Night night. So uh, you know how... We said we're going to, like, decorate Evie, our car. Yep. Got something here that might interest you. <gasps> Is that a Resident Evil 4 reference I hear? It was, <laughs> uh, but it's not Resident Evil 4. So it is a Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess Midna's Helmet Decal. What? Let me see this. Hey, no way. Okay, and it's the shiny kind. Ooh. Yeah. So uh, this comes to us from Etsy from Sally's Cutie Supply. And you can get two different options of color. You can get the blue-green one or the rainbow one, which the one I just showed Aaron was the rainbow. And it comes in sizes four by four inches, which will run you from 750 to 850, depending on the color that you get. And a five by five inch, which is eight to 950, depending on the color you get. So, and the cool thing too, because I brought Midna's helmet, but they also from the same shop, so, you know, they have. A wolf link and Midna. And they have Wolf Link with Link and Zelda. And they also, which I think you might like this one a little more, Aaron. They also have Majora's Mask. <gasps> oh, and it's shiny purple blue. It's like that transition kind. It's metallic. <gasps> I love it. And it was eight bucks. Yeah, depending on the size you get of Majora's Mask. Which they even have an even larger one of Majora's Mask for a 10 by 10 inches, which will run you 12 to $13, depending on the color. Right in the back windshield. <laughs> but yeah, I will have the link for that in the show notes. Mena's helmet is pretty awesome. So, yep, that's what I brought. 
Okay, Ariel, you ready for me? I brought two things. And uh, one of our Discord fans have already beat me to it for the first one. But that's okay. I, I'm, I'm happy when they beat me to this. Because uh, Majora Master on our Discord posted the Twitter link from Nintendo America announcing the official live drop for the Nintendo Switch Online members of Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons. You can play them on your Switch now. Uh, for free! As long as you have the membership. I'm excited about this. Then is it technically free? Technically, yes, no. <laughs> it's close enough. It's close enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you haven't got a chance to play Ages and Seasons yet, now is your chance. If you have an online Nintendo Switch membership, it's, I think it's like, what, $64 a year? Last time I checked, something like that. Mm. It's not bad. It's, it's, it's a nice little breakdown, but... Yeah, um, that means that we have now Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, Minish Cap 1 and 2, I believe. We also have, uh, gosh, um, Link to the Past. I feel like I'm forgetting some. I feel like I might be forgetting some. But yes, uh, added to that lineup. Oh, yeah, um... Uh, uh, Awakening. Wink's Awakening is on there. The original. Did you just say Wink's Awakening? Wink's Awakening. <laughs> Wink. Uh, <laughs> but yes, so added to the long listed lineup is now Seasons and Ages. So I thought that was pretty exciting. And thank you again to Majora Master for posting that in the Discord. You beat me to it. But that's okay. Because I've got something else. Are you ready for this? So... This article comes to us from NintendoLife.com, and if you missed the announcements on your Switch news page, this is an article written by them to give you another shot. So, the article title is PSA Zelda Tears of the Kingdom News Channel Giving Out Free In-Game Items. So, what this means is there was a while ago, there was an announcement made by Nintendo and they said that you can go to the online Switch news channel from your Switch to redeem in-game items for free. The way you do that is you go onto your Switch home menu and select the news icon, scroll down to the Zelda Tears of the Kingdom news story. The current one running is Whip Enemies into Shape. And click Play Now within the news article. You boot your Zelda boot up your load file and you will automatically receive for this time around a Elizabeth's tail and a traveler's sword and it's pretty cool why if you haven't done this yet i recommend it because if you attach a Elizabeth's tail to a sword it becomes a whip i haven't done this yet i didn't know this <laughs> No, oh my gosh, I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> but yes, so if you haven't attached your Nintendo Switch uh, Tears of the Kingdom game yet to the online news channel, I recommend doing so because 
This is the third giveaway they've done. I don't remember what the first two were, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, it, it's pretty cool. And it gives you a couple tips and tricks on things that you may not have thought to do yourself. So there you have it. That is my info for the day. So that's it, Ariel. We're done. Yep. That's it. Thankfully. Yep. So uh, how you doing on the whole, like, learning how to play the ocarina? (sighs) See, what had happened was I didn't. (laughs) Can't even read the English language, let alone musical notes. Nope, that is exactly the problem. Mm. Well, you know what can help you with that? What's that? Uh, If you head on over to STL Ocarina, you could use our promo code. L-O-Z-Lord 10. Save yourself 10% off a beautiful ocarina that also comes with like a how-to guide. And you know what? The how-to guide doesn't give you musical notes. It just tells you where to put your fingers. So you put your one finger here and another finger here. (laughs) And all of a sudden you're playing beautiful music. Eh. (laughs) <laughs> no, but in all honesty, they are beautiful ocarinas. I'm just making fun of Aaron, not STL Ocarina. So use use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off. Beautiful ocarina. And while you're at it, roll on over to Fanroll Dice and use our promo code ALMIGHTYC10, which is ALL, Mighty, letter C, and 10, and save yourself 10% off a set of dice or dice accessories such as dice tower, dice bag, dice tray, all things dice related. And there's a whole bunch of different sets of dice to choose from. So go check them out. Fall in love with a pair or 20 of dice and save yourself some money while shopping. And then. After all of that, you can switch on over to Nixie Gaming and check out all their Switch accessories and controllers and things like that. And their newest thing is the GameCube controller for the Switch, which is cool if you like those things. They also have like docking stations and stuff like that and different types of controllers as well. And you can use our promo code LOZLORE and save yourself 10% off. So I got to talk up these controllers a little bit. So number one, they're pretty pretty sturdily built. Uh, number two, so far to my knowledge, it's the only wireless GameCube controller, which is pretty awesome because it can, it mounts in its own little special mount bracket it's sent to you with that gives you the battery levels of each of the side side of the controller. And then you can also undock it from that special controller mount and redock it onto your switch and play that way too. So again, one of the only ones I know about. And on top of that, you can switch your buttons out. So that annoying little Joy-Con drift that we often get with some of our Joy-Cons. Yeah, easy fix. You just take off the, the, the Joy-Cons uh, sticks on these and you replace them 
really easy, cheap, and to be honest, I haven't seen anybody complain about stick drift with these anyway, so it's pretty sweet controller. Yep. <laughs> we got a lot of sponsors, Ariel. Yep. I feel like we should do commercials for them. Okay, that's ex kind of like what we're doing, <laughs> but or I'm doing. <laughs> well, you're doing a heck of a job. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Is it a heck of a good job or a heck of a bad job? Because you could say either or you're, you're doing a heck of a job. <laughs> or, you're, you know, you're doing a heck of a job. You're amazing, illustrious, beautiful, incredible, talented Ariel. You don't do bad jobs. <sighs> <laughs> so here we go to the end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> But here we are, Ariel. At the end of the show. Hear me not. Hear me not. All right. You ready for this rapid fire items? We'll see how rapid fire it is because you tend to talk a lot. I do. Especially when it comes to these items. So, first one on our list. None other than the old chain chomp. Chomp. The ball and chain. I think it's ironic that you get this from... Uh, None other than the um, Snow Peak Ruins, where there's a married Yeti couple. Ah, you get the reference. Um, <laughs> not to alarm you, but hmm? there is a Yeti in my spaghetti. Oh no! <laughs> uh, so, as I alluded to earlier, the ball and chain is located in one of the northernmost rooms of the Snow Peak Ruins. Uh, you actually get it from. The where the dark hammer mini boss is found. He uses the ball and chain as his main weapon, and once you defeat it, boom, got it in your inventory. That's how that works. So, this item is used to break through ice and rocks, and of course, it does a heck of a lot of damage to our oh so lovely enemies that run around. Uh, you can defeat a couple of enemies uh, with single shots like Stalfos. Um, you know, but for the most part, it causes a ton of damage to any enemy that you come in contact with. It's also the only weapon besides cannons that can defeat the Frizzards or Frizzards or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you can also use it to deflect incoming projectiles such as the Chilfos Ice Spears as well as be, avoid being blown away in the city in the sky strong winds, which I thought was a cool little nod to its weight. Are you commenting on weight right now? <sighs> For the item, yes. <laughs> uh, the downside to this, of course, you move slow. So, uh... We haven't got to the game yet. We eventually will, but I thought this was really cool and I had to include it for Ariel's sake. Hyrule Warriors. So you get different stylings of the ball and chain. The first one is the silver gauntlets with the ball and chain. The gold gauntlets with the ball and chain is the second one. And the power gloves and the chain chomp is the third option. A lovely little nod to our friends at Mario. It's pronounced Mario. Mario. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, another little fun thing I found about this in uh, in French, I'm, I'm going to try to pronounce this, a bolet. It's uh, it's literally translates to ball. It is called a ball in French. Uh, everywhere else, it's pretty much the same. Either chain hammer, um, morning star, which is what I really thought they were going to call it, um, or a flail. Um, the other place it's really cool is in Italian. It's translated to hammer shod. I like that. <laughs> so it's a fun little item. Not really anything cool, crazy about it other than it's a new item and we can smash things with it. I think it is impressive, though, that our Twilight Princess Link can wield such a weapon. And uh, when we get to a uh, discussion about links later on, in the future that's definitely something I'm gonna add bonus points to the Twilight Princess link for so uh, a couple I we're not gonna go over the generic items like the bombs or the bomb bags or the bottles or these never change throughout the series the design may change but what they do never does uh, another one that I classify in this is the bombling only because we saw something similar to this in uh, Majora's Mask uh, which is the bomb chew so, we, well, it was an Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, really. But it's it's not really much different, except for these creatures appear in the wild. Um, which, okay, that's a little different. Um, and they're actually kept as pets. That's another thing I did want to talk about. According to Chudley... Bomblings are popular pets uh, among women in Castletown. You've said that wrong. It's the Chuds. The Chuds says, "Yo, the Chuds says." <laughs> so, I mean, other than those things, they don't really. It doesn't really change. Its its purpose is pretty much consistent. It it's a traveling bomb. Um, the water bomb is a little different. Uh, this is a bomb used to blow things up below the surface of the water and it is actually um it resembles a bomb fish so i mean that's about it with these guys um other than you can actually catch bomb fish and you can add them to your water bomb inventory so it actually may imply in game that the bomb fish are actually these water bombs so I thought that was pretty cool, too. Uh, we've got, of course, our claw shot, which, again, not going to go into. It's a claw shot or a double claw shot. Uh, I will say this is the cool part about this one is, is that this is the first time we get to see a double claw shot in the Legend of Zelda series. I was super excited about that one. So... Next item, coral earrings. So the coral earrings are given to you by Rollis. And they were given to Rollis by his mother. Uh, you get these because when you're when you're showing the sketch of the beast from Snow Peak, Rollis immediately recognizes it as the red fish that you can only find in certain areas known as the reek fish. So 
in order to get to these certain areas, which are coral areas in the Zoro domain, you need to be able to dive and transverse the water. So Rallis gives you this in order to aid in your search for the reek fish. Uh, essentially, this is our this is our silver and gold scales from Ocarina of Time all over again. So, a new way to transverse the water. Next up, though, is something we do need to kind of talk about, which is the Dominion Rod. So, Ariel's talked about the Dominion Rod when she's talked about the characters and things in the previous episodes. We're not going to go too much in depth with that. So, it was in control of the royal family of Hyrule. Um... It was only to be carried by the messenger of the heavens, which we know. And, you know, it's it's used to communicate to the Uka in the sky. That's pretty much it on that thing. The Dominion Rod really doesn't have much else to it other than its ability to move certain statues it brings them to life so this is something I actually wanted to briefly talk about so the rod is seen in the series used in a multitude of different ways so one it's talked about that it it you know it's gives the ability to communicate with Uka uh, it moves the statues in this game you know you can travel with it It's it's got a few minor usages. However, in Hyrule Warriors, the Dominion Rod is a weapon used by Zelda and it is associated with darkness. So, though this is non-canon, it does bring up some questions. Don't you think, Ariel? Like what? Well, if it's a weapon that was essentially created by a holy race, for lack of better words, why does it have the ability of darkness? I'm going to look at it as the not going too deep thing and because it's in Twilight Princess, which is a very dark game. Okay. It was making a reference to the dark theme. Okay. But that's me not looking too deep into it. So, yeah. I'm sure you could dive deep into the implications of it. Well, and we will. There will be time for that when we start talking about our dark artifacts in an episode in the future. But uh, I did want everybody to get that stuck in the back of their minds. <laughs> so an interesting trivia fact about this is when you are walking through the halls of the Temple of Time on one of the walls there is carvings depicting the seven sages one of the sages is actually holding the dominion rod so this is implying that what we've pretty much already known which is the sages originally had power over the dominion rod but I thought it was cool that we had like a confirmation of that
So I'm tired. And I'm sitting here thinking, ooh, look at me, I have a rod. <laughs> I'm special, I have a rod. I'm a sage. I'm a sage. Sorry, listener, <clears throat> I'm very tired. Goodness. So, uh, the next item on our list is none other than the Gale Boomerang. So, this boomerang is originally in the possession of Ook, who is the leader of the monkeys living in the forest temple. So, uh, Ook is under the mind control parasite. He attacks you. Uh, after you defeat the parasite, you regain consciousness. This is when we are going to get the Gale boomerang because it's it's left behind after the whole battle. This is what comes to life and reveals itself to be the Fairy of Winds. Uh, this is where we, you know, the whole kind of backstory behind it. There's a lot of implications there. And uh, it's something we have to explore again in another episode as well, because a fairy was a weapon. There's only one other time, I believe, in the entire series that we see that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's not called a fairy. Oh, no? No. She's called Fi. A spirit. Cool. But what are fairies? They're spirits. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about another episode when we start talking about What happened to this, like, weapons. rapid fire? Sorry, I, 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 you said it. I was going to get really in-depth in these things. Okay, here we go. Rapid fire. <clears throat> so, Gale Force Boomerang. Its name says it all. It is a boomerang, and it has the ability to send out small cyclones. Gale winds. So, Gale Force winds. It's pretty much it. It's a fancy boomerang. <laughs> it's no really any different than the other boomerangs we have. So, uh, yeah, moving on to the next one. <laughs> so, we have Ghost Lantern. Ghost Lantern. So, uh, the Ghost Lantern, you talked about it. You know, we already know where we get it. And uh, really all it does is when you equipped it, it lights up if an impo is in the area. And that's about it. It just helps you find impos. I wish it could help us find impos instead of impos. <laughs> <Miss Impa. laughs> Uh, the next item we're going to talk about is the Hawkeye mask. So you get this from from Malomart and Kakariko Village after completing the Tallow and Mallow's bow mini game. Once you complete the Moron Mine, the Moron Mines, <laughs> the Moron Mines. Goodness, I can't talk. Once you complete the Goron Mines, you can talk to Tallow to start a side quest. Which you pretty much just you hit three targets all around Kakariko Village, and after getting all the targets, you get a piece of heart, and then the Hawkeye will be all available for purchase at the Malamart for 100 rupees. This mask allows you to see farther away than usual, and you can combine it with the hero's bow and use the bow like a sniper rifle. Pretty much, it was really helpful in certain spots. <laughs> what I will say. It's a helpful item. But it's a new item. It's a new way to see our masks. 
Uh, so we got a couple of things like the horse call, iron boots. We're not going to talk about those. Uku and Uku Jr. Again, we already talked about them in the character arcs. Spinner. The spinner item. So this is one of my favorite items in the series. <laughs> because you can do a lot of stupid, crazy stuff with it. So you find this in the Arbiter Grounds after defeating the Death Sword. And you have to have this item in order to progress through the second half of the dungeon. Which stinks, especially if you're doing a random item generator game. You don't find it before you get to this point. You're going to have to start all over again. If you've gone through everything and tried to find, open up all the chests and everything, you're going to have to start all over again. That's how important this item is. <clears throat> and you have to have it to beat the Stalord boss fight. So, so the thing about this is it is an ancient item created long ago. And you ride it kind of like a skateboard. Except that you can only ride it for a few seconds. It loses momentum and kind of bloop. Like a normal spin top. You can use this to ride rails on walls and you know other surfaces and you can use this to do a spin attack to hurt enemies which is pretty cool in addition to that if you use the spinner before falling you won't take no damage it'll slow you down and you won't take damage so uh yeah this is a pretty handy item and it's pretty awesome and one of my favorite items in the entire series. <sighs> Ariel, I want you to love this item. It's a spin top. <laughs> you spin me uh, right, right round. Baby? Right round. <laughs> uh, so... The other items in the game we're not really going to focus on again. Wooden Sword, Ordon Sword, Master Sword, Ordon Shield, Wooden Shield, Hylian Shield. These are all things we've seen or variations of things we've seen in the past. Hero's Clothes, Zora Armor. Again, Hero's Clothes, Normal Clothes, Zora Armor. Once you know it, it's a Zora Armor. We've seen it almost in every title after Ocarina of Time. Here's my favorite armor, though. And I worked my keystrop to get this. The magic armor is the best. So this item is awesome. It's pretty and it's hard to get. So it is a magical set of armor that is like a, a crimson, like a, it's hard to explain. It's, it's, a, it's red, it's gold. It's got these green rupees embedded into it. It's, it's, pretty cool armor. It's really nice looking. Um, what it does is it drains two rupees every second that it is equipped or 10 rupees when you get attacked. So you won't lose any health, just rupees. Once you out run out of rupees though, the armor loses its color and becomes extremely heavy. And it acts like the armor boots when you in your animation style movements. It also has the same effect to cause you to sink in water. If you have this armor equipped 
and no rupees, you won't be able to ride a pony either. <clears throat> Which I always thought was a nice little detail they added because of the weight. And if you run out of rupees while riding a pony, she will literally throw you off. She's like, nope, too much, and chuck you. So, in order to get this, it is a is is quite the endeavor. You can start it after completing the Lake Bed Temple, and it is 100% optional. So, what you're going to do is you're going to go visit Kakariko Village uh, after you take out the Magic Sword. Magic Sword. After you take out the Master Sword, and you'll find that there are Gorons that wish to sell their hot spring water in Castletown. So... Gore Abizo starts raising funds at the Malamart in order to repair the bridge in the West Hyrule Fields with the help of Milo. With the help of Malo himself, who wants to offer cheaper alternatives for the townsfolk. We already know this. So after you donate a thousand rupees, the bridge will be repaired, and after which you can go out and go back to Malamart and Kakariko Village to find out another monetary collection has been initiated. However, now you have to buy out Chudley's fine goods. So it's basically the entire the entire process of basically getting a stall set up and Malamart basically becoming the Walmart of Hyrule. Uh, <laughs> alternatively, you can find that the Goron who fixed the bridge, Gorlig's son, has become fatigued, and then you can't move the imported hot springs water. Uh, if you go to where Goron Liggs gives you a barrel of hot springs water to revitalize, revitalize his son, you cross western fields, do all that jazz, and then you throw the barrel onto the Goron and he'll leave you a piece of heart but then when you return back to the village you'll see that the buyout rate buyout rate is much easier and um, yeah that's it for that one it's more so what the item is that makes it impressive than anything else because it is only the second time it's actually been referred to as magic armor in the series. Uh, the other one being Wind Waker. And then, uh, yeah, it's been changed again in Tears of the Kingdom. But this is my favorite appearance of it, I think. It's the prettiest. <laughs> so that is it for our uh, items that I think are important to talk about this episode. Everything else is mostly key items like you know, fish, you know, Poe, statues, things like that. Just minor quest items. No real importance. I'm going to need you to talk about every single one of them. Uh, no. <laughs> we don't have time. <laughs> but yeah, that's it for our items. And uh, the last batch of characters, Ariel, we're done. That's it. I mean, I'm done. You're done. You're done. I promise I'll never make you do it again. Lies. <laughs> so, uh, Ariel, mm. should we give a sneak peek at what the next episode is going to be? I think we already said it. Well, did we? I don't know. Did we? I don't know. 
So we're going to have a weapon off. I'm just going to say it again. We're going to have a weapon off. Oh, we haven't talked about this now. Oh. Ariel, do you want to give the uh, rumble e rumble host versus host? Give me the breakdown. What's going to happen? I would if you'd let me. Okay, I'm shutting up. <laughs> so it's weapon versus weapon. There you go. Um, no, we're going to talk about different swords in the Legend of Zelda series. A little in depth. Gonna go deep diving into some weapons, specifically swords. Then I'm gonna pick what I think is the top two most powerful. Aaron's gonna pick what he thinks is the top two powerful, and we're going to slash at each other and figure out what is the most powerful. Which, you know, meaning I'm gonna just stab Aaron until he agrees with me. <laughs> but yeah, that's what we're going to do next episode. We're going to have some fun with a few little episodes, deep diving into some random things that we want to talk about, maybe even pull up one of the topics that a fan has asked for. And then we'll go into Link's crossbow training. Wah, 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 wah. What are the noises coming out of your mouth right uh, now. Don't worry about it. So you ready to give uh, Hello Hyrule their honorary send-off? Hello Hyrule. No, that's not the one. <laughs> Goodbye, Hyrule. <laughs> well, for our friends over at Hello Hyrule, Chris and Pete, this one's for you. Excuse me, podcast! Bye. Oh boy. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.